0: Heroes, highlights and hardships with Triple M's Rush Hour.
1: Welcome back to the Rush Hour, the 3 H's podcast. We've got Millie Boyle in for Jude and we've got Anthony Seabold, the manly coach as well as Dell's best mate. So we thought we'd go through the 3 H's. Let's start the ball rolling, Sieves, with a hero, someone on or off the field that you just say, that's my hero and tell us why.
0: Yeah, well, my hero is my dad. Um, Jeff had, uh, my mum and dad had me when they were um, 17 and 18, uh, respectively. So um, I didn't get to watch much Sydney football or even Brizzy footy as a kid. We watched the local footy. So dad was a local footy player. Um, You know, I really admired how that You know, mum and dad didn't have too much, but I didn't go without as a young boy. Um, and I remember watching dad play for Rocky Brothers. I, I, I used to ball boy and <laughs> he used to have long hair. So he used to look a little bit like um, Jeff Robinson, the old Bulldogs player <laughs> when he <laughs> carried the footy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he was my hero and got a lot of respect for him. And um, yeah, it was great to see him just recently.
2: Anthony, I know, um, I should say seeps, you know, because we are mates, but I remember uh, I billeted you when I was eight and I got to meet your mum and dad through our careers. But, mate, your old man, he's a hard nut. Mate, your mum, Janelle, uh, great parents... Can you tell us a story about, you know, the old man, he, he was such a good mentor for you, but you had to sort of stay in, sort of, you know, behave yourself and stay in the right lines?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I remember my 18th birthday, I was back home from Brizzy because I was 17 uh, my first year down at the Broncos, so I went back home, had my 18th, went to the local pub and uh, I probably started to get a little bit messy, as you do as an 18-year-old, and I remember Dad grabbed me by the, the scruff of the neck, taking me outside, <laughs> put me in a taxi and pretty much gave me a kick up the backside to, uh, to go home to Mum. So... He certainly, um, he, was, he was a good dad, a very fair dad, but so I remember uh, I got a little bit big for the boots that night back in Rocky and <laughs> I was causing uh, a few dramas at the pub and dad <laughs> uh, gave me a kick up the backside, which uh, which I probably warranted. Yeah a, I, lot, yeah, a
2: lot
1: of us 18-year-olds
2: needed that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. but not just that. I think for me too, mate, we used to be scared of him too because he did have the big, I mean, back in those days, he had the big flowing locks and that, and Like, but you still, because remember bikies and all those blokes who worked on the wharves, they all had the, the long hair and... Um, not uh, to be messed with. No, no, I know, but then was telling some. Funny story where uh, where he had the mullet and tell us what
0: happened there. Yeah, and no, I did I did uh, I think again I think I was having a beer. I, I think I grabbed the back of his hair one night, so I sort of got a, a short short sharp one that night as well. But um <laughs> no, he, was, he was a really good dad. And he was my hero, as I said, um, and yeah, probably. Um, yeah, you know, he's been a really good role model for me in life um, about you know hard work and mm. um, you know still lives up in Rockhampton. Mum and dad do so it's great to see them recently. Uh, very simple people and yeah. uh, you know certainly working class people. Um, probably my hero on the field. Uh, where you know one of the Parramatta players. Um, Ray Price, who, um, you know, uh, they used to call him Mr. Perpetual Motion. The the footy I did see really admired how he competed really strongly. I've never had a chance to meet him. Uh, I've met some of the other Parramatta players of that era, but he was sort of my footy hero because I I, I, started to follow Parramatta probably around um, 1985, 86, somewhere around about there. So... Uh, He was the the footy hero of mine growing up.
3: Your dad, being so close in age growing up, you're probably more mates than anything. You know, if you're getting dragged out as an 18 year old, he's what, probably, he's He's not even 36. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so he's probably, you know, the age of people that are doing that as well. So he had to probably grow up pretty quick. He had to
0: grow up quick. quick. And and that's why I, you know, admire, um, you know, dad because, um, you know, mum was still at school and and dad had only just finished school. So to. Yeah, you, know, you know, and back in the the early seventies too. I was seventy four. I was born. Back in those mm. days, to even finish school,
3: like a lot of people yeah, just dropped right. out. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, back in those days, it probably was frowned upon to have a kid outside of wedlock. You know, so um, and they both come from really strong, staunch Catholic families. Yeah, you wow. know, so um, yeah, no, really good role model for me. Um, you know, he's he's um, yeah, very sort of um, hardworking guy. So yeah, it was a really good hero of mine growing up in in the country, and uh, and so are a lot of. You know his mates; they were really good people to me. I used to probably annoy him a bit going to footy training and being yeah. the ball boy over a weekend. But yeah. um, <laughs> probably that's where I sort of fell in love with with, with rugby league. To be fair, um, you know, watching those those guys go around for brothers um, on a, on a Sunday afternoon.
1: How proud was he when you played? footy and now that you're coaching footy at the highest level what what are those conversations like you said you only went back there you know a few weeks ago what was what's that like now those conversations
0: yeah he, he whenever I played he'd always uh, you know it always speak to me after the game or whatever but um you know never really sort of gave me too much feedback he just wanted to make sure that um you know got through the game okay and um it's the same with coaching you know obviously um you know mum and dad um You know, I've seen sort of some highs and lows as a coach Um, and, you know, it was particularly challenging for mum and dad, I think, when, you know, there was a a fair bit of uh, media when I was at the Broncos uh, Mm. and negative media. And so it was quite challenging for for, Mm. for them, but they always used to just check in on me and just see how, you know, how things were and um, they don't talk footy too much because they know sort of, because that is my life, mm. um, you know, they don't want to sort of, um, you know, harp on it with me. But, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's he's really proud of, um, you, know, um, you know, this last opportunity, you know, would have been really easy to, to give up um, after the Broncos, you know, coaching. But, you know, I'm sure he's really proud that I've sort of, um, stuck at it and, and, and got another opportunity.
1: Bloody oath! So there's the heroes. And it sounds like your mum's in there as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. mum is, yeah, of course yeah. a bit of a combo, That's aren't yeah, they, as a general yeah. rule. Yeah. What, what about a, a highlight in, in your life on or off the field? Obviously, you know, rooming with the big fella would yeah. be a highlight. That was a highlight. Um, <laughs> but outside
0: of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that was certainly a highlight. We, we had a great couple of years. Um, look, on a personal level, um, you know, that, you know, having kids, uh, I've got three daughters. So that you Know as a, a highlight because I think it, you know, gave me a lot of purpose in life. Um, and you know, and, and you know, you know, Gussie, um, and, you know, and Wendell as well. Like, until you have kids, you can be quite selfish or self centered mm. in, in some ways, but you know, you've got other people that are relying on you, so that's certainly a highlight. I think, um, if if I think you know uh, regarding footy, um, you know it was great to make my debut for, for Canberra, uh, and I made it with um, with your dad uh, against, yes. the, uh, against the against Canberra Bulldogs, and, and your dad played in that one, and then your uncle um, yep, the Jason Croker. So um, yeah, so that was certainly a holler because it was something I wanted to do since I was probably six or seven years of age, and I had to wait. A while. I didn't make my debut until I was twenty three, and I I didn't play a whole heap of footy um, at first grade level in Australia, but that was certainly a really proud moment.
3: Mm. Making it at any time is yeah. is such a, an amazing achievement. Um, you came into the coaching scene under some amazing coaches. Craig Bellamy, yeah. you're headed over. You are under Eddie Jones. What are some of the things that you've taken from them that you have adapted in your coaching style now?
0: Yeah, well, there's certainly two highlights working for those guys. Um, I think Belliach, just the way that he cares for other people. Like everyone thinks that he's this angry person in the coach's box but, you know, there's numerous stories um, around Balliak and how much he cares about people and you wanted to work hard for him because yeah. of how much he cared about the people in the organisation and, um, and and you know, that was a real motivation for me. I wanted to, to, to work hard for Balliak because he's such a good bloke and he kept Footy really simple, but I almost you know feel like I sort of did that apprenticeship under him, and he probably doesn't understand the impact that he's had mm. on a lot of coaches and a lot of um, you know young men that he's coached. But that was certainly a great experience, and then with that, he just. How curious that he is! So I know he's coping a really difficult time at the moment with the Wallabies, but he was exceptional with England. Like, um, you know, we had a really good side with England and um, he did an exceptional job. He's the most winning coach in England rugby's history, 73%, I think it was, and to spend 15 tests coaching with him in a different code, different country, yeah. it was great. But the thing that really resonated with me was just how curious he was. He wanted to get better, always wanted to learn, and, you know, he's been – like, he coached you, Wendell. You yeah, know, he's been an yeah. international coach for, you know, over 20 years, so – Um, Yeah, really fortunate to learn from some of those guys, Millie, yeah.
2: Yeah, speaking of uh, coaching, I know you're passionate about it. You've always loved your footy and your footy IQ is next level. But you also signed Cameron Munster. Um, You know, you got told from uh, yeah. Bellamy to go to Rocky. He was a 70-year-old playing for Capris, you know, yeah. and I think your brother, you know, coached in and around there. And I said to you, I said, mate, this, this kid Munster is unbelievable. And then you said to me, I didn't know you go, mate, I, yeah, I signed him. Um, but, yeah, he was always a standout. And what was that like to see what he's doing now?
0: Yeah, it's great. Look, he's a larrikin. He's a good guy. Um, Rocky bro- boy was yeah, well. My brother Damien had, had a fair bit to do with him, you know, when he was 14, 15, 16. He coached him. So they've got a really good relationship. Now, I never spotted him. Um, Paul Barn, who you know, used yes. to be the Broncos recruitment manager. He was Melbourne recruitment manager at the time, and I was coaching down in Melbourne. And he said, why don't you go home to Rocky this weekend? There's a kid up there. Uh, Cameron Munster and I run my brother and I said I've got to they're flying me up they we had a buy at the storm they're flying me up there I was going to catch up with mum and dad free trip home yeah, yeah. free trip home <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, it, and I was going to catch up with the mate for yeah. a beer and I thought you know how good's this <laughs> yeah. so I go to the coffee club in the shopping fair um, and he's Munster I think he was wearing like thongs footy shorts turned up And we signed him for 10 grand. I think it was from memory, or it could even be five grand, but it was five or 10 grand. Um, Paul Bunn had done all the legwork. I think um, the Minto brothers um, from Rocky Scott Minto, 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 Paul Minto, those guys. I think those guys and Paul Grant, Harry's father, had tipped um, Bunny off Wow! and uh, and pretty much, yeah, I just had to fly with the paperwork, so I had the easy job to do, Gus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a pretty cool signature yeah, it's, to get. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a good signature to get because um, then years later, I was Queensland Origin assistant coach and yeah. he made his debut when I was coaching oh, there, so that, 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 was, right, yeah. that was really special so, yeah. sort of to see him come through as a, as a young man and, and to see what he's done.
1: I love those stories. Now, we've gone the highlight, we've done the hero. What about a hardship, mate? Is there one in particular that you can sort of focus on here with us?
0: Yeah, I, I I think for me, the hardest time in my life was some of the social media stuff a few years ago. And not because it was aimed at me. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, defamatory comments and, and harassment of myself on social media. I could handle that. Where it was a struggle for me was seeing my, my oldest daughter affected by it. And yeah. the hardship was seeing her go through a really challenging, uh, you know, mental uh, health battle. And I don't think, you know, uh, mentally I was healthy at the time either. So that was really challenging because I was trying to get myself sorted and Mm. I was trying to make sure that I could protect her. Now, the challenge was she was in Sydney when we were up in Brizzy. So Mm. just seeing that impact um, where, you know, people can be really mean, people can be really cruel, Mm. um, and, you know, just seeing that have an impact on a family member, as I said, that was a real hardship and probably... You know, out of that hardship, one of the highlights which I didn't mention was um, you know, working alongside Erin Mole, and we did a fair bit of work in that space in regards to getting some legislation change through the Senate. We had to appear at the Senate mm. um, and yeah. get questioned by the Senate and so on. But to see some, some regulation changes and legislation changes, that was sort of... A hardship, but I thought, I don't want someone else's daughter. Lining. Yeah, don't yeah. want someone else's daughter mm. to go through that, you know, and we can sort of make a stand. So out of that hardship, there was a bit of a highlight there. But, um, yeah, really tough seeing my family go through, mm. um, you know, through that sort of tricky little period.
3: What were some of the things throughout that time or, or people or strategies did you cling on to, to to get through that? because we know it's a, it's a cruel game. It can often feel so overwhelming and, and all eyes are on you. there's how many coaches in the game, but you know when you're not doing as well as you know the team should be. You know, what got you through that? that yeah, well, I'll be
0: completely honest to start with. I self-medicated with alcohol to start with, which was, which was really poor because I was locked in at home. Mm. Um, and that's a bad way to handle it. But what I was able to do, and it was actually Gus Gould who, who gave me a bell and said, mate, stop hiding behind the curtains. I can still remember his exact words. Mm. And that really it punched me in the face. I thought, yeah. stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, get out, drop the kids off to school, and then what I tried to do, I, I put some things in place in it around, you know, looking after my mental health, and was going back to exercise again, so you know, um, activity. Um, I started to do some breathing, which which I still do, um, which was really beneficial for myself. Um, and you know, the other thing I started to do was, um, I suppose I, I didn't write it down, but I started to think about every day, I, you know, what's what's one thing I, you know I'm grateful for today, and that was sort of the 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 turning point for me i had a you know someone um, gave me a phone call, gave me a bit of a punch in the face through, through the words they said and then they really sort of flicked the switch and, you know, I still sort of do those sort of things now because, you know, as a, as a head coach, there's a lot of stress in your job at different times and there's a lot of, um, you know, media speculation around your job at different times but I'm in a really good place as far as, you know, I've got some good processes in place. I've had some really good people mentor me in that space but they were the three things that really resonated, mm. doing some exercise, doing some breathing and then being grateful for what you actually do have. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And i got to say, like, I know you, you know, you two have asked him some great questions, but as a mate, he's a bloke that you're one of the trenches with you, because, you know, we've been best mates since we we're eight, and, and even Tristan's gone through a tough time the last couple of years, so he had time to reach out to me, because he knew, like you, Gussie, and obviously Jude, I wasn't doing well, and he goes, big man, how are you? Because, once again, we all hide behind the curtain sometimes, and sometimes we over things and stuff, but... For Tristan to come back in that tough couple of years, Anthony jumped uh, in an Uber and caught up with me after the court case. And But we put a process in place to get Tristan back, myself, Anthony and uh, Wayne Bennett. Mm. And I said, what does he need to do? And the big man goes, mate, he's going to have to go back and start again because, you know, Tristan wanted to go over to Europe and all that. But then Anthony always checks in and just goes, mate, like, good to see him doing really well because my mates are going, mate, why doesn't see him sign You need to understand it's it's a process in place. He's got his own things he has to do. But also as a mate, um, you know, you, you, you want people when you're going through the through the worst times. Mm. And I just think at the start of that also that happened. My mum passed away and he rang me really upset and he said, Sorry, I can't make the funeral because I think you went to one of our mates place at uh, other uh, farm out, yeah, out, out west somewhere. Uh, yeah. And then it was around um, you know, when the borders were closing and stuff, and I said, Sleeps, mm. I get it, mate, you're going through such a tough time. It's time for you and you'd say this, Gus, mm. it's about your village and, and sometimes when you got, when you're drinking for your cup, you've gotta make sure that there's enough in there for you to drink. Mm. Otherwise no one else can drink from that cup. And that's what he's always done we always have fun away from footy we very rarely talk about football when we catch up Mm. um tell us this thing uh I, i didn't tell these guys even when you went over to the Super League London Broncos, because, you know, you're great to have as a mate, when you you're actually in
0: uh, the Brit Music Awards. Yeah, we were. At yeah, London Broncos, because yeah, Richard we Branson was one of your bosses. Yeah. Tell us what happened there. Just yeah, a- so Richard Branson owned the club um, yeah. London Broncos and, and we actually met him a few times. We made Wembley, um, which is the big Challenge Cup final. He led the team out um, as the chairman of the club, but he had all these... Ideas around promoting the club in London because it's non-traditional rugby league mm-hmm. area, and there was one where a few of us appeared in a in a gay magazine called Attitude. We were the the centrefold, a couple of us, um, and gear, then the gear other on or, <laughs> gear on or off? <laughs> yeah, gear off just for the towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, and then the other one was this Brit Awards. So at the time, Queen were being revived. So this is two thousand. There's a band called Five who were like the yeah. boy band, the hit boy <laughs> band at the time. They re-released We Will Rock You. So Branson had this idea to open Brit Awards get seven or eight of us from the London Broncos, including a guy called Sean Edwards. You wouldn't remember Sean yeah, Edwards. Yeah. He was a legend. He was like... On the coaching for, staff. Very, for yeah, for France French um, yeah. uh, rugby team. Yeah. He was going out with, with um, Heather Small from MP, MP all people at the time. You know, so Sean was a... He was very well known, do, yeah. um, you know, even in London. But we were dressed up in karate outfits, banging the kimono <laughs> drums at the start of the Brit Awards, which was televised live on TV. It okay. was just crazy. And, yeah. All right, mate. We crazy. need to get this vision to go with this podcast. Yeah. They're you already must be digging digging to click it, on it. They're yeah. Already yeah. Digging it I've got okay. the vision, so I've got the vision. <laughs> we need
2: uh, to see
1: yeah. the vision.
0: Anyway, you can see me banging the kimono drums a few times, but it's quite funny. It's Scott Cram, one of your mates. Um, our mates, our yeah. Mate, you're yeah. One of our mates. Yeah. But um, he was in that, uh, Shane Millard. So there's a few guys that you know. Yeah. Did, um, it a, yeah, Did it work? Yeah, but no, it went, like, it, it was, was good if it, it opened the show. The funny thing was, so we walked back o- uh, off stage and, like, performing that night with Spice Girls, Robbie Williams, yeah. um, Natalie Spice Ambruglia. Girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sort of, that's a decent um, green room God. behind there. Tom, Tom, yeah. Tom David Jones. Beckham yes. would have been there. Ooh. So all I mean. these guys, but the funny thing was, right, So we're walking. so we're walking backstage, right, Robbie Williams has got about four beautiful women around him and he's sort of sitting <laughs> back with a drink. Walk past, he looks at us twice because we look, we got headbands on, no shirt on, karate outfit on. (laughs) He's gone. Sean, what the f*** are you doing dressed like that? Because he knew who Sean Edwards <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. anyway, so he's gone, oh, these are my Broncos boys, uh, Robbie. So we all went over there, got introduced to Robbie Williams, but it was just really, it was bizarre. You know what? We had to play footy two days later up in Warrington against Alfie Langer, <laughs> oh, who was yeah. making his debut, yes. and they had a full house there. We would you go? Oh, we got pumped. <laughs> we got pumped. Robbie <laughs> had a really yeah. good Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Really good Friday didn't
1: have night. a clue about footy, but <laughs> yeah. he knew how to
0: market He knew people. how to market,
1: right? yeah. Hey, mate, oh so good to hear those stories. Thanks so much for joining us on the 3HS podcast, brother. Anytime, Gus. Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. Thank Thank you. you. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.